Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hey everybody, good afternoon. This is Marnie Swedberg. So excited to have you with us here along with our wonderful guest today, Ellen Mary Dykus, and she is with Harvest USA Org. Uh, our title of our show today is Ministering to Sexually Wounded Women. And this is such an important topic and not one that we talk about, you know, just every day in our casual conversation. And so today we're going to spend some time learning how to think about sexual abuse from a biblical viewpoint, how the Bible really addresses sexual sin, whether it's done against the person or if a person personally pursues it. Also, we're going to talk about common indications a woman may have sex, uh, suffered sexual abuse, how you can tell, what to do if you suspect someone has suffered abuse, how to engage her on it, and what to do first. Also, two ways to understand the impact sexual abuse has on a woman. And finally, when you should refer someone on to an experienced pastor, counselor, or therapist, and how to help her find someone who's qualified. All of these are such important things. And I'm so glad that you are here today to learn from our guest, Ellen Dykus. Now, Ellen is the perfect person to do this training with us today in this program because she's the coordinator for Women's Ministry at Harvest USA, and that's a national ministry focused on partnering with and equipping the church to minister the gospel of grace into the lives of those who have been impacted by sexual sin and brokenness. And she's here today to share some great insights with us. Ellen, welcome to you Thank you, Marnie. It's a wonderful pleasure to be here. Well, I'm excited because after all these years of doing trainings with women's ministry leaders, and for them we have never done one on this topic. And it is a much, much needed conversation. Maybe because you work with us all the time, just bring us up to speed on how much this conversation is needed. Well, Regarding sexual abuse, I mean, statistics are just so sobering regarding really both girls and boys, men and women, you know, adults who are impacted by sexual abuse as children. I think uh, one of the latest statistics that I had heard was that, you know, by the time a girl reaches 18, one out of three will have experienced some form of sexual abuse. Wow. And for, boy, for boys, by the time they reach the age of 14, one out of four boys will have experienced some form of that. And so I think even on the male side of things, the needs are so great, and that is an area that is even less talked about. And so, you know, we're going to be focusing, I know, a lot of our discussion today regarding sexual abuse. A lot of what I do at Harvest USA is ministry to women who are really walking Mm -hmm. in the midst of their own patterns of sexual sin. And there's an easy tie-in here because... Over my six-plus years of ministry here, I could count on two hands the women who have come to me who are wrestling with their own um, unholy patterns of a sexual nature. And in whatever way, I could count on two hands the women who have not had some form of sexual abuse in their background. So the needs, mm. Marnie, are, are staggering. And, uh, again, I just appreciate you even wanting to address this in, in this training. Hmm. Uh, that's amazing. You know, you think of the statistic that's always staggering to me is one in four women will have breast cancer. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like uh, that number is staggering. One in three has been sexually abused. That's a huge percentage of our population, of our women and our groups who have gone through this. And I know I know from my personal experience, uh, experience Ellen, just working with women, praying with women, that, that's true. <laughs> it's just... Wow, it is epidemic and it has affected, I'm sure some of you callers, you're just going, yep, that'd be me. I've got my hand up in the air. Help me, help me. And some of you women's ministry leaders are listening and saying, oh, I'm just surrounded by girls who have this in their past. Not just, I don't mean girls, little girls, but just women. And and what do, what do I do? So that's what this program today is about. So grateful that you could join us here. Let's talk about, I loved 
what you wanted to start with. This first point is so important. How does the Bible really address sexual sin if it's done against a person or if it's personally pursued? Because we do, um, we do in our own minds, there is, a, there is this conscious that says right and wrong. You know, and whether someone did it to us or whether we did it ourselves, we have a lot of times the same emotional response um, that it was wrong, you know. And so uh, distinguish for us between, you know, talk to us about what the Bible really says about these things. Yeah. Well, here, here's a, a verse that I, I just want to start with related to that because I think the way you just articulated that is really beautiful, Marnie, that there can be a similar emotional response, I think, for people hearing about these things, but in many ways for either the sexual abuse survivor or the woman pursuing and engaged in sexual sin. And one of those corollaries is shame, a deep, Mm -hmm. smothering sense of shame. And so I think here's a great starting place for us is Psalm, Psalm 34, where it says, those who look to the Lord are radiant, and their faces are never covered with shame. And so biblically, we want to look at sin as something that is absolutely covered under the radiance and the redemption and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And I should say the healing of, Je- of Jesus Christ. Right. We see all throughout Scripture that he is a, a God who is tender towards those who have been oppressed and abused and used and have been broken down. And he comes to people with forgiveness, with grace. I I love it. Then over and over in Scripture, I think in that same Psalm 34, um, it speaks of the Lord being near to the brokenhearted. Uh, He is a God that comes close to us. And so, you know, biblically, sexual sin is... It is a sin. It is a category of going outside of God's design for his beautiful gift of sexuality. And I know it's probably outside the scope of our time today to go into the the details of that, but God is a wonderful and uh, good creator who has created sexuality to to be expressed and to be enjoyed within his design, which is within the covenant of marriage between one man and one woman. When anyone goes outside of that, they're expressing their own brokenness. So, you know, what we would call here at Harvest USA their own sexual brokenness. And so it is obviously a very um, traumatic, horrific expression of sexual brokenness when somebody moves against another person in a sexually abusive way. And so speaking of sexual abuse biblically, I think what we would you know, for the the uh, victim, the survivor, we would consider that sexual abuse is a very tragic form of suffering. It is a very tragic part of living in a in a very broken and fallen world where sinners sin against each other. Wow, I'm thinking of a couple things here. I think of the one thing from the perception, the perspective of Christ looking down, there's such a huge difference initially. Um, before it comes under the blood of Jesus Christ, there's a huge difference between mm-hmm. sexual sin committed against somebody versus that which we go out and pursue on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, one is that um, you it, it reminisced to me of how I talk to people about sickness in our lives okay Mm -hmm. when they were in the garden there was no sickness there was just health and after the fall when sin came into the world then sickness was also introduced into the world and some people are sick because they have been you know putting toxins into their body and so therefore their body fell apart you know other people are sick just because of the fall because we live on this broken Mm -hmm. earth there's you know two really different ways to look about look at that and just like the sickness that you would engage in, you know, because of the fall, wasn't you, number one, it wasn't your fault necessarily. You're just part of mm. this broken world. But also, 
you can only do so much about the speed of recovery. You, you possibly can't recover. You possibly can, but it will take you a long time. And I'm thinking of the girl who's listening to us, and she said, I, I, you know, I had this in my life, and now I've been trying for years, and I'm still not free of it. Well, you know, someone who gets multiple sclerosis or, or cancer or some of these other illnesses, they may, they may also fight for a long time and never truly be free here on this earth in the same way that someone who's never had that sickness is free. Mm-hmm. And, and some of this, I think, has to come down to us just saying, this is where I am, God, take me here. You know, take mm-hmm. me from where I am to where you want me to be. And does that make sense to you, Ellen? Yeah, it, well, it really does, and I mean, you're you're um, just kind of triggering me to think about you know that aspect of you know the scars that you know that we right. all carry. Um, it could be a scar from a surgery, it could be a scar from a, a fight, or um, it's just an accident. But I think in a similar way, and this does not at all discount the true heart changing healing that Christ brings. But right. while we live on this side of heaven. We are going to continue to experience really the ravages of the fall, and so you know part of what we'll be talking about in the hour is just that for a person walking out and taking steps to deal with their sexual abuse, it is absolutely a process that's going to happen over time. And so, so yeah, I think what you've said is gives a, a right perspective that. While we live on this earth, we're going to continue to deal with um, with the ravages of, of the fall. But, you know, thankfully, we know that an end is in sight. You know, that's our hope, right, as followers of Christ, that one day he is going to make all things new and sin will be dead. Yeah. Oh, praise God for that. Amen. <laughs> there is a day. There Amen. is a day. Thanking on it, right? Yeah, exactly. And what's so beautiful is that even in our areas of still woundedness or in our areas of still, maybe I will call sickness, or in our areas of still being broken, God can bring restoration to those areas either immediately or over time gradually. And then the other thing is that we have the opportunity through those weaknesses to grow more dependent on him. And they actually become a gift. That's that's his intention for every pain that we have in our lives, is that it becomes this amazing gift. I've I've heard so many people look back at the most awful thing that could have ever possibly been imagined for their lives and say, but that was the best thing that happened to me. Why? Not because it was a good thing. It wasn't. It was was awful. But just like Joseph said, what others intended for evil, God intends for good. And when we can count there... We really do have the hope of seeing something beautiful come out of the ashes of our lives, and, and that's so that's so cool. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Ellen Dykus of HarvestUSA.org, and we're going to come right back, talk about some indications and also what to do if you suspect that a woman has suffered abuse, how to approach her. We'll be right back. Do you ever need speakers for dinners, retreats, conferences, or other women's events? Check out www.womenspeakers.com. It's the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,500 Christian women speakers, some near you, and some from every level of experience and fee range you can imagine. So you're sure to find lots of great speaker options for you and your next event over at www.womenspeakers.com. That's Women Speakers. Well, welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg, and we're visiting today with our guest, Ellen Dykus of HarvestUSA.org, about how to minister to sexually wounded women. And we've just been talking about the differentiation between when you've been um, abused, really, in a relationship versus when you have gone out and sought uh, a, a sexual relationship that's outside of the paradigm there, the limitations that God has given us. Ellen, before we move on, um, is there anything else that you wanted to share in that section? Because I, I feel like there's, I feel like there's maybe something in addition that you had wanted to share here. Um, I, well, I would just, I mean, actually, what you said uh, right before the break there just reminds me of, of, of a passage that I did want to bring up as we talk about what does the Bible say, and that is from Isaiah 61, which is, was a messianic prophecy that Jesus himself 
shared when he began his ministry. And I won't read the whole the whole part of this, but I think this is a wonderful passage for the woman who herself is feeling the pain and devastation of having been abused and the woman who honestly is, is experiencing those same things and just is bound up in shame because of her own sexual sin. It's when Christ says that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. And then it goes on to say that he will bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. And I want to just kind of even offer that out as a as an anchor passage in a sense is for us as we talk about this topic is that Jesus is the Lord of reversals and redemption, taking what this broken mm-hmm. world has come at us with and making something um, glorious out of it, not pain-free necessarily, um, as we were talking about, but something that is glorious and is for our good. Mm, beautiful, beautiful. Well, let's go ahead and move on then to the common indications that a woman may have suffered sexual abuse. And I think that from your opening comment, I have to deduce that one of them might be that she's struggling with sexuality now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've got several things that I'll I'll just kind of list out here, and you can jump in if you want to go into any of these uh, more deeply. But I want to start out by, um, first of all, I just want to make a comment that um, two of the re- three of the resources who have most impacted me in learning about sexual abuse are um, Dr. Diane Langberg, Dr. Penny Freeman, and Roberta Dimmick. These are all actually counselors and just godly women who are here in the Philadelphia area. And one thing that Penny Freeman says, and this is um, very important as we talk about signs or indications that a woman may have suffered abuse. She says, abuse always means symptoms, but symptoms do not always equate abuse. And I think that's really key as we talk about these because what we wouldn't want um, right, right. To, to have a takeaway is, okay, this is going to be my checklist, kind of a, <laughs> an investigation list to assume, okay, this woman must have suffered sexual abuse. But um some indications are are going to are going to vary, but uh, there's going to be similarities tying all these together. I think which are going to relate to uh, shame-based living and fear-based living. And so, um, one of those may be confusion in that woman's sexuality. And I actually don't know what the the statistics are as far as how what percentage of sexual abuse is done by a man and what is done by a woman. But I've had more than a few women who have come to me and their their experiences with a sexually abusive relationship were with a woman and, and honestly often a lot of times in a mentoring relationship. Um, and so, so man, man, or, yeah. man or woman, there can be um, confusion in their sense of, of sexuality and that ties into our, our sense of gender. Um, for many women who have been sexually abused by a man, um, that has been one of the influences for them to pursue relationships with women because men Mm. are not safe to them anymore. Some other, like broad, and I'm just going to, these are just broad strokes, uh, broad strokes um, indicators, would be um, a sense of of self-loathing. You know, the world uh, and psychology would call that, you know, self-esteem, but just really not having a, a positive view of yourself, and a lot of times that is an, an indicator of internal pain. And so another indicator can be um, women who have, you know, taken on just behaviors that are, they might be um, an, an addiction in their life, a habitual behavior, but addictions and compulsions that are self-soothing, that are self-comforters, or that are um, ways to numb the pain. So things like eating disorders, um, self-injury, um, just things that are giving them some sense of control, but also helping to numb the pain that's going on inside. Some other broad strokes things I would say would be um, struggles in, in really cultivating healthy attachment with people, healthy intimacy with people, just intimacy in an emotional, relational sense. I'm not talking sexually at that point. 
but just struggles in their interpersonal relationships because one of the ways that sexual abuse is going to impact a person is is that deep levels of trust have been broken, that people um, are not safe. And so that, you know, may also lead to a history of of really troubled relationships. And I, I definitely see that in my, my ministry here at Harvest, that the women coming, again, may have a whole wide variety of uh, relational struggles going on, but often they have not been... You know, there's been a key a key commonality that they've not been healthy relationships and that generally that woman has really struggled to even know how to gauge things like boundaries and, um, and again, just going back to the healthy attachment. So, I mean, there's a lot of other things we could bring up, but I would, I would say those are some of the main, the main broad strokes. But then, again, for the – this could be a non-believer or a Christian woman um, understanding – a God of love, a God of protection, a God of grace, a God who is a, a shepherd and a father is going to be exceedingly difficult for a woman who has, been, has experienced abuse, especially if that has been done by a person in authority who is a Christian. And um, yeah. that happens often. Unfortunately. So... Yeah. Let me let me stop there and just see if you want to go into any more of those deeply and I'll I'll just close that out with one with one last statement and that is you know we could look at all these as as symptoms or signs as um of what is called post traumatic stress disorder which doesn't necessarily relate to only sexual trauma it could relate to a wide variety of trauma but sexual abuse is a horrific trauma to and I'm I'm going to speak just in light of women women victims as opposed to men um, for the course in light of what we're talking about today but um, it is a trauma to that that woman in the deepest way and so that's another way to look at that at this and I would encourage listeners to even study a little bit of post traumatic stress disorder and what are kind of some of the signs of that yeah yeah and it is I think that it's really important to. Um, set aside your, um, I'd say your natural um, inclinations to rule out this as a possibility in women who have been raised in Christian homes or who have mm-hmm. been raised in pastors' homes or who have been yeah. very sheltered in their upbringing. It's amazing to me um, mm-hmm. how broad this problem is, how big it is, and how many people it's affected even people that you would say, well, when could that ever even have happened? You know, they're so sheltered, and yet there it is. And so I think instead of saying that mostly happens to people who come from, you know, really tough backgrounds, which honestly there's going to probably be a higher likelihood if if mm. there's um, promiscuity around them as a child or as a young adult. But at the same time, at the same time, it's just everywhere. And uh, mm-hmm. a sensitivity to it and a love, for the victims of it is mm-hmm. the first place to start, right? Yep, absolutely. And, you know, Diane, Dr. Diane Langberg, who's, um, as I mentioned, is one of my primary resources, I've her, her, she's written two books, On the Threshold of Hope and another one, Counseling Survivors of Sexual Abuse. Uh, she, in her over 35 years of counseling, I mean, she's actually now training counselors, but what you just brought up, Marnie, the reality of how much this sin is happening um, within the body of Christ and even among people in places of Christian leadership, it's, I mean, I don't want to say it's prevalent, but it's happening a lot more than we would think. And Diane Langberg has taken, a, I think she has a special passion for speaking about that and actually does a lot of training specifically related to clergy abuse and and she ministers to the perpetrators as well as to the victims mm-hmm. how do you spell her last name yep <clears throat> it's l a n g excuse me b e r g i'm sorry i'm sorry l a n g b e r g diane langberg good okay great and then let's go ahead and talk about what would be the thing to do when you suspect that someone in your life, maybe um, we're talking today especially to women's ministry leaders, mm-hmm. so someone in your group 
maybe mm-hmm. has suffered abuse. Um, <laughs> obviously, you don't want to walk up and say it. <laughs> so, what, what do you what do you do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, great a great question, and it's the obvious question, but it, it's sometimes it's hard to navigate that. Well, here's here's a couple of of introductory thoughts, and then some other things I'll tag on to this is. Um, you know, the first thing is don't is to don't run away, and don't rush towards her with direct questions. And a, a lot of us, and I would say particularly those of us that are women's ministry leaders, we're we're women that we we, we wouldn't be doing this if we weren't passionate, if we weren't initiators. And a lot of times we want to rush in um, to bring it out into the light or to rush towards that person. And you know, for women. You were talking about women's ministry leaders. If you're if you're suspecting that a woman, even in her 20s, but let's say 30s, 40s, 50s, has suffered this, you may be um, face to face with a woman who has had this experience buried for decades. And so we don't need to be fearful, but we do need to be very aware that we are walking on, we are potentially moving towards a woman in the very finest China of her soul. Mm -hmm. So I think Mm -hmm. having just that perspective of, um, you know, if you're suspecting it, allow those symptoms, allow those indicators or signs that you may be becoming aware of, allow those first to be a pathway for you to pray for that woman and pathways for you to seek God for wisdom and gentleness on what might be questions that you could ask that woman. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, you know, I just listed off, um, you know, several, and there'd be many, many more we we could list out. But some some potential signs. You know, a woman seems to have, um, she has, you know, deep pain going on, and she's she may have expressed it, she may have revealed something to you that is a a, a sin struggle in her life. Well, that sin struggle is coming ultimately from her own heart, but generally all of us have influences that have kind of shaped the way we act out, the way we behave. And it's always rooted in our own in our own sinful heart. You know, whether if it's a woman who is very um, avoidant in a selfish way or a woman who is, um, you know, giving way to injuring herself or a woman who is just acting out sexually out of control, she she's – She's living out of her own heart, but there's been so many shaping influences. So if you suspect something going on, I want to, again, first encourage you, let those symptoms that you're seeing be a pathway for you to pray. And then you need to really think about what are some gentle questions that I might ask to invite that woman to begin to reveal herself, to begin to reveal a part of her story. So, I mean, the... The circumstances that we are considering may be varied. You may have a woman who would be very eager for you to ask her directly because she's a woman that's been wanting to talk about her abuse, um, her abuse experience, and no one's ever asked her. Or it may be a woman that is deathly afraid to to have that really real. And that's why even more we need to have that um, a heart posture of gentleness and of prayer. And then before I just list out a kind of a handful of other things, I want to just say something again that I've learned from Diane Langberg that I think is is very powerful. And she says that we need to realize that we need to be a part of the help. And, and you know, in her world of therapy, she would say we need to actually be a part of that therapy or counseling or just what we're talking about here, soul care and discipleship. Um, in the way we listen, in the way we ask questions, in the way we sit with a woman and cry and grieve, like bringing you know, the balm of Christ to a woman with, because he dwells within us rather than just coming at a woman with information, even great Christian information, even wonderful biblical information. So that would be a foundation. Um, Along with that, I would say, first of all, for, you know, for the woman, the woman's ministry leader that's listening is, you know, just to have, you know, some of her own self-awareness about where she's at and even considering helping a woman. Like I myself um, did not, have not suffered sexual abuse. I'm so thankful for God's grace that that, that, that um, has not been a part of my story. There have been other, other forms of suffering, 
But I've, I have learned um, things that I never would have dreamed of learning. And so for the woman who is a ministry leader who perhaps is in my situation that hasn't, hasn't experienced this herself, she just needs to be aware of, is she ready to hear things that may be unspeakably painful, that may be actually um, just un, unbelievable that people can really do these kinds of things to other people. So there's a self-awareness there, I think, to just be, to be, um, to be aware of, I guess. Um, but then here, here are some other things to consider for the helper. The question asking with a goal of inviting that woman to reveal herself is going to be key. So looking for these other, looking at, again at these signs that you're seeing that you know, reveal troubled relationships, that reveal um, perhaps just other destructive behaviors, getting to know that woman and getting to know her story and praying that if she is a woman that has sexual abuse in her background, that through the course of getting to know her and her story, that that may come out onto the table. And it may be that a first question in that direction would be, you know, it, it sounds like you, you've had some very painful experiences in your life. Would you like to talk about those more, see where that goes? Another question might be, you know, it seems like you really started um, – acting out in this way when you were 13. What, what was happening in your life around that time? Like that's a question I use all the time with women, Marnie, because many of these women can clearly share with me when their own patterns of sexual sin started. So that's a big clue to me to go back a year or two in that, in that woman's life uh, from the time of when she, he, she herself began pursuing this and to begin to do some, in a sense, data collecting of what was going on in that person's life. So I'll, I'll stop there. I think that gives some, some steps to take initially that are going to hopefully lead to that woman beginning to reveal her story. Hmm. I wanted to just add before our next break here, I wanted to add something that I learned actually it was marriage counseling, and he was, uh, it was like a seminar or something, and he was talking to the men. And he said something that really resonated with me, that it was true of me as a woman, and I think it's true of most women, and that's what he was saying, was that as women we have this way about our communication where, you know, like maybe our husbands take us away for a weekend, and right away he says, what do you want to talk about? And we have this way of, in that moment, not going for the deep, really painful thing. We go for something like, you know, it really kind of bugs me when you don't take the trash out. Or, you know, you know, we do something like that, a real surfacy, you know, really doesn't matter for anything compared to my real problem here. But um, because what we do as women is we test the water. We mm -hmm. kind of put out something that isn't going to be real painful if it goes bad, but mm -hmm. we're kind of seeing how you respond to that. And then if you can be trusted with that little thing, we give you a little more rope. And we say, okay. And then finally at the news out and we say, now, you know, if you really want to hurt me, uh, you'll, be able to, you'll be able to hang me with this one, but I'm going to hand you the rope. And we give them the real deal. <laughs> and I think when we're working with women, mm. when you walk into a woman's life and you just want her to her deepest mm. wound mm. to you, uh, it's just completely unreasonable. And mm -hmm. it's not even wise of her to do that. So mm. we want to step back early and, and move into these relationships very gently. I loved, I loved your, your um, two words, uh, DRs, you know, the don't run, don't rush. Mm -hmm. uh, just, just take it slow. She's mm -hmm. probably had this woundedness for many years before she mm -hmm. arrived in your life. Uh, you don't have to fix it tomorrow. Uh, God's very patient and yeah. just oozing love all over her all the time, and that's our job too. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that is a great way to put it. Yeah, Amen. Mm. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg, our guest today, and Ellen Dykus of HarvestUSA.org. We're going to come right back and talk about two ways to really understand the impact sexual abuse has on a woman, and we'll be right back. Mm. 
The fastest and easiest way to find out which major women's events are coming to your area is to visit www.womensevents.info. That's womensevents.info. It's the only directory of its kind, and it features all of the major events like Women of Faith, Beth Moore, E-Conference Women, and so many others. It's free to search, and you can find it all at womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and our topic today is Ministering to Sexually Wounded Women. Our guest today is Ellen Dykus of HarvestUSA.org. So excited to have you with us, Ellen. This next section is about understanding the impact sexual abuse has on women, and you can actually divide this into two categories. And I want you to just go ahead and take us to the first one. Okay. Yeah, well, I um, here at Harvest, we use what we call the tree model, um, actually in our discipleship with with men and women who, um, as I mentioned before, are kind of walking out their own path of freedom and repentance from their own sexual sin. And so what the the model is, and and I I want the listeners to just um, kind of imagine or even draw out a tree on their sheet. And so, you know, at the base of the tree would be a seed, and we would look at the seed as the human heart, and that seed is planted in a, in a soil, that, a soil that has a, a variety of um, influences. That seed has roots that go down into the soil, um, drawing from it. And then as that seed begins to sprout up, so again, imagining this tree, we see the stump or the shoot starting to bear out, and then eventually, and branches, and fruit is born. And what the tree model um, represents is is the bible speaks of the human person or the the person as as a tree over and over places like psalm 1 places like jeremiah 17 Um, a specific passage that i want to look at though or just mention is luke 6 where jesus is saying that it's out of the overflow of our heart that we bear either good fruit or bad fruit. And so again, for the listeners, if you've got a tree kind of in front of you, oftentimes what do we do when we look at the fruit of a person, the fruit being their behavior um, or their um, thought life? A lot of times when somebody comes to us and says, I've got this struggle, I've got this sin pattern, i.e. I've got this fruit, I don't know what to do about it, a lot of times our Christian counsel can be, well, just get rid of that fruit and stick on some Jesus fruit. And that may work for a while, but, um, but eventually if the seed of the tree has not been radically changed, it's going to continue to bear, to bear the same fruit. So how does this relate to sexual abuse? Well, at Harvest, we've come to see how important it is for us to understand the soil that this person has been influenced by, has been shaped by, because the seed or the human heart, a sinful human heart, a broken human heart, has been impacted by that soil in which it's placed. And by the soil, we refer to all of those influences that we experience in this in this world that are outside of our control and abuse as we look at it harvest would be one of those and let me list out and then i'm going to zero in on on abuse as a soil um, influence but other things that are outside of our control are be the family we're born into and the dynamics we grow up in in our family our gender um, our emotional temperament uh, the cultural voice that is coming at us, um, secrets that have been perhaps kept in a family. I mean, so many things influence and shape us in how we view um, life. And so, again, looking at this tree model, and I'm hoping that the, the listeners are tracking with this, the roots would be considered our desires, just God-given desires that can be expressed in different ways depending on who or what is controlling that human heart. If it's ourself, those desires may be expressed in sinful ways. If it's Christ, they'll increasingly grow in being expressed in Christ-like ways. Where I want to zero in for our conversation, Marnie, is on as as that seed begins to sprout upward, into the shoots or the the stump of the the uh, the, the shoots of the tree growing up, 
the shoots refer to our worldview, our perspective, or what we might say our interpretation of how life is meant to work. And when we consider sexual abuse as a soil influence shaping a person's perspective of things like God, um, authority, family, relationships, sex, um, that person's gender and the opposite gender, the, the impact is huge. And so a lot of times a woman, again, this is why I think thinking about those indicators and signs, those may be fruits actually that are bearing out, manifesting themselves, that are actually symptoms or something much deeper down. So when, you, when we consider the influence that sexual abuse has on a person in their worldview, in their perspective of themselves, um, again, of how relationships are meant to be, you can see how the impact is just so is so profound. Uh, I, I don't know whoever originally said this because I've heard it quoted in a few different places that children are wonderful observers of life, but not so great interpreters of life. Yeah, right. That's a part of growing up, right, in maturity and wisdom. And so, so the tree model, and you know, I'll give my um, email address out at the end of this if anyone would want to to email me, I'd be glad to send them this diagram of the tree model. The tree model helps us to see how when a sinful, um, broken human heart is impacted by a trauma-like abuse, it impacts how that person, for our situation, or how a woman is going to view how are relationships supposed to work? How is sexuality supposed to work? Who is God? And you can see how the potential interpretations of that are going to be very distorted and warped. So does that, does that make sense? Do you have any questions about that, Marnie? Well, I think it really does make sense, and it ties in again with the long-term nature of the recovery and the healing of this particular um, situation where you aren't going to look at just I loved how you said what we do as a church so often is we say, well, just get rid of that icky fruit and just put some put some good fruit on there. Yeah. As if we're the ones creating the fruit in the first place. So mm. We are mm-hmm. a flow-through system. I always, mm. You know, that verse that says um, that we are fruit bearers, mm. I, I always thought, you know, the burden of bearing the fruit, you know, but really what it means is the fruit holder. So the fruit flows through the vine and is produced mm. out of us, but we're just we're just part of the process. We're just, we're just really showing off what's mm. going on on the inside. And when it's Christ flowing through us, there's some really sweet fruit coming out there. When that's been blocked down at the root level, down at the soil level, whatever, um, by sin, by abuse, whatever it is, we've got some nasty fruit showing up out there. And it does no good for someone to say you shouldn't have that kind of fruit. Because... Mm. You wouldn't want it there either. And maybe mm-hmm. even at this moment, you know, in an addiction, maybe you would say, I do want it, but deep down inside, you don't. It's mm-hmm. just that outside in the area of your addiction you do. So, yeah, I thought it made a lot of sense. And I'm, I think it's a beautiful, beautiful picture for us to keep in our minds. What, a, you know, a large tree, I mean, you're not going to just change that whole thing mm-hmm. um, just because you want to. <laughs> it's going to right. take some serious time. You know, and I, I don't know, Ellen, I'm sure that in ministry you've seen it too. God has different ways of healing people. Some people are healed instantly. I mean, mm. we have a precious man that we know that was uh, alcoholic. He should have been dead multiple times in his life. And one day, just one day, he was done and God just healed him. Mm. And he never drank again in his whole life. You know, but for a lot of people, that's not the way God does it. More yeah. of, a, of a progression, more of a, you know, now we're going to heal this little part and then we're going to heal that little part and then we're going to go forward and heal that little part. And, you know, God has his reasons why some people get it all at once and other people have more of a journey of it. But the reality is that when we're working with someone who's been sexually abused, we don't get to pick and they don't get to pick when that healing comes. But we get to pick is who we're focusing on. And that's the uh, the creator of all good things. Love that. 
Well, we are going to take our final break here and come back and talk about Diane Langberg's On the Threshold of Hope. Um, The way to look at uh, abuse through that lens. We'll be right back. Successfully maximizing the gifts God has given us is the best gift that we can give back to God. Are you 100% clear about why you're here, about how God defines success for you personally? Are you on track with God's plan for your life, the best life on planet Earth, followed by the best possible eternity for you? If not, check out the Success Principles Intensive Training course over at Marnie.com. It's a six-hour online program that will change how you define and do your life from today forward. It's a biblical based approach to goal setting and achievement. So check it out under the training tab at Marnie.com. Welcome back. This is Marnie Swedberg and our guest today, Ellen Dykus, has been sharing with us how to minister to sexually wounded women in a way that is gentle, loving, and Christ-like. And, Ellen, I'm just so grateful that you could join us. Let's go ahead and talk about On the Threshold of Hope. What's that about? Okay. Yeah, and um, I uh, I want to just highly recommend this book by Diane, La- Diane Langberg. Um, again, I mentioned she's written two books. One is is for the specifically for the person that is counseling or discipling a sexual abuse survivor, and that is called Counseling um, Sexual Abuse Survivors. The second one, On the Threshold of Hope, is really written for the, the person who has suffered sexual abuse. However, I have found it very helpful for myself to read, especially in light of um, not having suffered sexual abuse, but as a helper because she so she very clearly walks you through just from her 35 years of sitting in the counselor's chair walks you through not only how to begin a healing process but how to take it step by step and so i want to just highly recommend that book um in her book she she um takes five chapters and goes through unpacking how sexual abuse damages a person in their body, emotions, thinking, relationships, and spirit. And then there's a companion chapter to each of those on how Christ brings redemption to mm. all of those areas. And I, and I love that. And I, we don't have time to go through all of the, uh, the details of that. I'm going to make a, a few points related to that. But, um, again, I, I have found her book very helpful, and I've gone through it with several wom- women one-on-one myself. I actually just started that um, this past week with another with another woman. Um, I, I thought I could only just mention some of these briefly be, because in light of what I just shared with the tree model, a lot of what Langberg is talking about are, um, it's another way of actually looking at the tree model of how a person is impacted in the way they are viewing themselves, whether if it's their body, their emotions, their thinking, relationships, and spirit, you know, that inner core of us where Christ is meant to dwell. So two, two areas, and this is kind of a, one's a coverall to those five areas, and then I want to specifically focus on body because um, I'm hoping that this will be helpful for for the women listening in light of even understanding how to move towards a woman. The, the first thing I want to say that Diane brings out in her book is something that is so profoundly impacted in sexual abuse is that victim, um, especially child, children who are abused, they lose their voice. They were threatened. They were coerced. They were... Um, told so many different things often, especially if this was abuse done over the course of of, um, of a long period. And, and actually in childhood abuse, the, the general span of time is one to four years that children are suffering this. And what one of the impacts of that is that that person loses their sense of having a voice that is going to be heard or understood or believed. And that very much impacts how a woman might um, struggle to articulate what is she feeling about um, relationships? What is she feeling about, even even feeling? Like, because she's had to detach. Um, she's had to disassociate, as, as some would say, 
from the pain and trauma of what she experienced. And so there's been a complete disconnect that God's voice, her own voice, have been completely smothered, and the voice of other people have often been very manipulative and, um, and, and deceiving. So how that ties in, or, or one of the ways that that bears out, is, is um, how sexual abuse impacts the view of a person's body. And I, I wanted to highlight this one particularly for women who have not suffered sexual abuse because this is something that honestly was just off my radar screen until I really began walking with women. And that is that understanding of how sexual abuse, because sex and our experiences of it is meant to be a profoundly impacting trust-producing experience within the covenant of marriage, when it is experienced outside of that in a traumatic way, that person's body becomes an unsafe place to dwell. It becomes like your very being becomes traumatized and unsafe for for even living in this world. And that's what bears out as well in um, self-loathing, like hating the very body that you've been given to live life on because that body has only been used and, and consumed by others in a very, um, in a, in a horrifically selfish way. So what I, what I really enjoy about Diane, what I appreciate about Langberg's book is that she walks you through each of those areas, but there's a very clear pointing towards Christ, the Redeemer, for all of those areas. Hmm, love that. And the name of that book is On the Threshold of Hope. Author is Langberg, L-A-N-G-B-E-R-G, Diane. Um, and, and oftentimes, I don't know about you, Ellen, but oftentimes the best thing to do when you don't know what to do is go to somebody that knows what to do. So it's awesome that there's a resource just so readily available out there like that. I wanted to just spend a minute here talking to you about the resource of Harvest USA, and maybe just explain for those who don't aren't familiar with your ministry what you guys actually do. Um, like, what would be available to a women's ministry leader or to a church from Harvest USA? Yeah, well, th- thank you for even for that opportunity. Harvest USA is a ministry with a with a twofold mission. We've we've been around for thirty years. We're based in Philadelphia. We have a couple of offices in other parts of the country. And our focus is, is twofold, to, to minister to men, women, and families who have been impacted by sexual sin. And then secondly, we are here to equip the body of Christ to minister to sexually broken people. And so the way we go about that mission is I do a lot of one-on-one short-term discipleship. We have biblical support groups that we host in our offices. But the really the bigger part of our mission, Marnie, is uh, equipping the body of Christ through training, um, conferences, seminars. We have an increasing amount of resources that we have been putting out, sexual sanity for women, sexual sanity for men, which are workbooks for people pressing through their own um, struggles with, with sin of a sexual nature. So again, I my focus in ministry is not on sexual abuse, but it is a topic that comes up with well over 90% of the women and men that come to us for ministry. So we're here as a resource for ministry leaders um, to talk through you know issues of sexuality um, from a biblical framework and um, and definitely to be a resource connecting you to other resources. Um, in spheres that we, you know, that we may not have the same expertise. Hmm. If you were to address the woman who's listening to us today, sitting there crying, thinking, I just wish somebody mm. could help me, mm. what would you say to her? Mm. I don't know if I would say anything, first of all. I might um, just <laughs> right. kind of cry. I'm just going to cry with her. Yeah. But I, I would yep. say to her that, um, it's important for you to reach out for help. And I know how how terrifying that can be. And I also know how hard it can be to find someone who is a um, is a trusted helper. But I'll, I would give you two um, nationally based um, organizations that you could at least 
connect with to see if they would be able to refer you to someone in your area. And the first is the American Association of Christian Counselors. Diane Langberg is a part of that. The other one is the International Association of Biblical Counselors. I mean, those are two very trusted national organizations. I, the, the ideal is to find somebody in your area who has, um, and this doesn't mean you have to have a degree behind your name, but right. somebody who has, has training, has had experience, who has a rich biblical framework on suffering and how Christ brings change and healing, um, to find somebody like that who, and when I say experience, not just experience in ministry, but who has had some experience with um, walking with people who have suffered trauma, and particularly sexual trauma, um, to find someone um, through, a, through a church or through a women's ministry that could begin to walk with you is really key. And, and I, the last thing I would say to that woman is all, all, you, all you need to think about right now is just one step. Just what's your next step? Sexual abuse is so overwhelming, and that healing process can can seem and feel so overwhelming. But Christ is is calling you and, and enabling you to take just one step towards healing. And so that would be if there's no one in your spheres that you think is a trusted helper, consider even just getting online to those websites and making a call to somebody that is listed even in your state that may then be able to connect you with somebody in your city. Right, and I, and I guess beyond that too, just to ask someone, and, and we're just going to go back to that tree model <laughs> because it's mm-hmm. so uh, great. Mm-hmm. But when you look at people, you can see fruit in their life. And, and it's true that mm-hmm. some people can really manufacture some pretty good fake fruit. I mean, it can look pretty real <laughs> and mm-hmm. be really mm-hmm. fake. Yeah, artificial fruit. Yeah, artificial fruit, that's right. But the reality is that when you're looking for someone to trust, if you look at their fruit, you mm. just watch them for a while, mm. you'll be able to know that maybe, number one, they wouldn't be the person who could counsel you, but maybe they mm. could help you find someone who mm. could, and they could join with you in prayer and as yeah. a yeah. sister to walk along with you. And, mm. and I, just, I just encourage you, don't, don't necessarily look for the bells and whistles, all the degrees, look for the fruit mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and follow the fruit. <laughs> follow, follow the smell. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. a wise word, a very wise word. Well, this hour has flown by, Ellen, and you have just provided us with such great um, help here. And gals, you can get a hold of her through harvestusa.org. Ellen, do you want to mm-hmm. give your um, email out here too? Yeah, I'll go ahead. My email address is um, Ellen, just one uh, one word, obviously, E-L-L-E-N at harvestusa.org. And um, especially if you're interested in just getting the, a graphic of that tree model, just um, send me a quick email and just even put tree model in the subject line, and I would delight to send that to you. Oh, what a, what a nice offer. Thank you for that. And um, definitely want you guys to know that if you need help with this, Ellen can help direct you toward uh, people who can, who can get you going in the right direction. Otherwise, of course, this book, uh, On the Threshold of Hope by Diane Langberg. Ellen, you mentioned earlier, and I wanted to just tag back around to this, that you guys also have um, some training materials available through Harvest Org, is that, or Harvest USA. Is that um, something that would be done like in a small Bible study, or is that something people come to your organization to do, to your location? Uh, yeah, well, our, our training, like I'm actually going to be doing a, a conference all day Saturday down in South Carolina, which is called Women Helping Women, and that's just help women learn how to begin to actually take these steps in discipling others who are wrestling out of their own patterns of sexual sin. But beyond all of the seminars we do and training where we go out and about, if a church you know, will invite us in to do that for the community or for their own church. But we do have two small group resources that we use, um, and these are meant to be used in a one-on-one mentoring relationship or a small group, the Sexual Sanity for Women and Sexual Sanity for Men, obviously, and then we have um, a growing number of mini booklets that address issues of sexuality that um, are just, I think, good, really good resources to help someone even think biblically about things like um, pornography impacting a marriage, homosexuality, 
um, all sorts of things. We have a, I have one, Sex and the Single Girl, which is just kind of giving a, a biblical basis for godly unmarried sexuality and help for single women that may be struggling in that area. So all those can be connected either through Amazon or our website. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here, Ellen. Thank you guys for being here. I hope you have a great week. I hope this has been helpful to you. And we look forward to sharing more great stuff with you every week and over at Marty.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.